A lot of people that have a traditional financial plan and they have they may have a lot of assets, but they can't touch any of it, mm-hmm. even though technically it's a, it's a liquid asset, but they cannot use it because all of it's tied toward their income stream. And so what we want people to understand is what money do you actually have available to use the to touch during retirement? Hello, and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Paul. Great to be back. Fantastic to have you here. And we're thrilled to have in studio with us, Melissa Daigle. Absolutely. This uh, this is our first guest of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've tried to certainly bring on guests in every season that we've had so far. So uh, episode three here of season five, we've got a guest with us. Melissa, have you been on this podcast before? I have, your first, but yeah. not since we started videotaping. Uh, okay, so that's this true. Is new. You're the first, yeah, that's right, video uh, guest that we've had on here as well. So that's awesome. But I thought you'd been on the podcast once before. So uh, you can go back and listen to that po- podcast and uh, find out the intro to Melissa. But Melissa is a certified financial planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on the Wise Wealth uh, financial planning team. She works directly with me, with all of my clients, and uh, does a great job. She's in meetings pretty much all day, every day, meeting with clients. And so she's definitely in the in the thick of things. And so certainly from the standpoint of talking about what types of planning that we do, the types of plans that we offer, I really thought Melissa would be great to have on our show today uh, because she's certainly very involved in in all aspects of the financial plans that we do, but especially in this area. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the one of the nicknames I have for her that I tell clients, we'll, we'll save that for later, yeah. is the reason why she's here today. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, a little teaser. So don't don't leave. I mean, you just got on the show. You better stay with us. <laughs> but, but today we're, we're taking that deeper dive into what we introduced last uh, in the last episode. Last episode, we talked about the seven areas of planning that we do within the overall Simplify Your Retirement Plan, Mm -hmm. right? So the plan as a whole is the Simplify Your Retirement Plan, but there's seven areas that we focus on. Yes. And will you remind those that maybe it's the first time they've heard it, um, but will you remind them the the seven areas Mm -hmm. of planning that the Simplify Your Retirement Plan covers? It's uh, it's so important because, like we talked about last time, a lot of people confuse having a plan for having a product or a portfolio. Mm-hmm. We say in order to have a real plan, it covers these seven areas, and and we break that down into two major you know components. Let's call it uh, one is income planning, mm-hmm. one is impact planning. And when you combine those two areas together, you get what we really want to get people to, and that is freedom planning, the freedom to give and to serve and to enjoy life like never before. So you don't get to the seventh area, which is freedom planning, until you do the first six. Mm -hmm. And that's broken down. There's three areas of income planning. There's three areas of impact planning. And so we talked about this last time, Paul, that we start with the income planning first. Yes. Impact planning comes next. Mm-hmm. And then freedom. So uh, the impact planning involves tax planning, legacy planning, insurance planning. But what we're focused on in the early parts of this season is really going to be talking about the income plan. And uh, the income planning aspect of our overall simplifier retirement plan, which is there's three areas there. There's liquidity planning. Mm-hmm. There is actual income planning. And then there's growth or investment planning. Absolutely. Yep. And so... 
what's exciting about that is as we dive into each of these two, there's a lot that we can talk about. But you referenced it last time. There are rules mm-hmm. for each area, yep. right? Because they align with our three-bucket approach. Yep. So there's the liquid bucket, the income bucket, and the growth bucket, just yep. like there's liquidity planning, income planning, right. growth planning. So they align, mm-hmm. but each of these have rules yep. that we have to follow in a sense. And so we're going to talk about the rules. Mm-hmm. And then, as we always say, the plan determines the products. The, the products. That's yes. right. And so so we'll talk about that. Yeah. What what types of products then fit within liquidity planning? So we're gonna start yeah. there. Anybody who's been planning. around the the podcast for a while or read the book or been to the class, they know that we deal with three buckets. And when we mm-hmm. talk about the three bucket approach to retirement planning, we're talking about the income plan. Yep. We're talking about the first three areas of a simplified retirement plan, liquid income and growth. We call them buckets. And, and the way to really look at these three buckets is you fill them up one at a time. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can look at it from you know top to bottom. So you take all of your entire assets and you fill up the liquid bucket first. Whatever money you don't put in the liquid bucket gets to go into the income bucket. Whatever bucket does not go, whatever money does not go into the income bucket is available for the growth bucket. Mm-hmm. So it does matter. So when we talk about you know liquid income and growth, and we're talking about income planning, we don't just start with the growth bucket or the income bucket. It has to go in this order. Uh, so you know, that's why today we're going to start with the liquid bucket or liquidity planning. Mm-hmm. And you know liquidity planning certainly is important for everybody. It really doesn't matter what phase of investing you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talk about the accumulation phase, preservation phase, distribution phase of investing. Everyone needs to have money that is liquid. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Melissa, for people that are listening to us, you know, for the first time, you know, perhaps, or you're just not even familiar with some of these terms, you know, when we talk about li- liquidity planning, what are we talking about here? We're really talking about the money that you need to use in the next five years. Yep. So Exactly. Yeah. Something that's available easy to access, available, um, not necessarily tied up for the long term. That's right. Um, And we even kind of break that five years down, and we can talk about that when we get into the product. So there, you know, if you think you're going to use it in the next year, we're certainly not going to put it into something that's not going to mature for two years. Right. That's good. Yeah, so, you know, you bring up the whole idea of the five years, and certainly the five years is an important concept that we use here mm-hmm. in our firm. And so, you know, you, we'll jump right into that. So we're talking about if, if you have money that you know you're going to need within five years, we normally are going to stick that in the liquid bucket. If you don't need the money for five years or longer, we're going to stick that money in the growth bucket. And so, Paul, you know, when we talk about liquidity planning, you know, two things I want to say about that up front is certainly there is the liquid bucket. Mm -hmm. That's where most of the liquidity planning goes into. But I also want to mention to everybody that when we talk about three buckets, the growth bucket is also liquid. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure we do talk about that later. So of the three bucket approach, the income bucket is the only one that we would say is not liquid. Whatever money we stick in that bucket is no longer available. We can't touch it because if we touch any money in that bucket, our income stream is going down. The two buckets that are liquid are the liquid bucket and the growth bucket. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think one of the things to talk about, too, is even liquidity. There's technical liquidity and then there's true liquidity. Yeah. Right? And so some people get hung up on that because – they look at the income bucket and they may have 
technical liquidity in a product, mm-hmm. meaning they can get at the money when they need it. Right. But we'll say that you don't have true liquidity in the income bucket because if you go in and take money out of the income bucket, what happens to your income? Yeah. It goes down. Right. And so you don't have true liquidity there. Absolutely. And one of the things, you know, I talk about this in the revised, updated version Mm -hmm. of the book, and that is if there's a trick to retirement income planning, one of the tricks is to have as much of your money available for you to use during retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a lot of people that have a traditional financial plan and they have they may have a lot of assets, but they can't touch any of it, mm-hmm. even though technically it's a, it's a liquid asset, but they cannot use it because all of it's tied toward their income stream. Mm-hmm. And so what we want people to understand is what money do you actually have available to use to touch during retirement? And the goal is to make sure you have as much of that as possible. You know, there's something, you know, to have your income stream guaranteed, to have your income stream protected and have a lot of assets available to use, that's the goal. And so a lot of this planning that we do for people is ultimately trying to figure out how much of these assets can you actually not touch because that's your income stream and how much can, Mm -hmm. can you touch. And to us, this seems simple but for the majority of people, they tend to be scared, right, to touch any of their money because they're afraid over retirement, if I use this money, we're not going to have money for long-term care. If I use this money, we're going to run out of income. Is that what you've seen in the past? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. People are concerned uh, that, you know, because it, it's all in one bucket. We'll call it one bucket. Mm-hmm. Some portfolio managers, some people are going to retirement and they think they're going to keep their money liquid, draw an income from it, and grow it in one portfolio. Mm-hmm. And we always tell everybody, there is no such thing as one portfolio that can keep your money liquid, draw an income stream from it, and grow it. Yeah, yeah and they want it to cook and clean for them, yeah. too, as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and Stephen, people also think that because they're retiring, they have yeah. to be extremely conservative in that growth That's bucket. right. But the income bucket and the liquidity bucket, that's what allows the growth bucket to grow. Correct. And if we fund those correctly, then... That's where the long-term growth is going to come. So. Absolutely. And that's why, again, we go in this order. Mm-hmm. That's right. Liquid income and growth. And, Paul, I think you asked the question maybe 10 minutes ago now about the liquid <laughs> bucket rules. So I have forgotten. I okay. want you to know. Just because we talked about certain things doesn't mean I forget the question. Okay. So the rules. So we, we call them rules because it's like, you know, then if I'm supposed to go in this order, liquid income and growth, how much money do I put in the liquid bucket? Because mm-hmm. I already said mm-hmm. we have to start there. And the main thing people need to know is whatever I, you want to put enough money in the liquid bucket. You want as much money as you want in there and need, but just know that every decision I make to put in the liquid bucket means it's not available for income and it's not available for what you just mentioned, Melissa, to let it grow. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we fully fund the liquid bucket, but we also want to be careful what we put in there regardless of your risk tolerance. And, th- and that's, that's right. really what you're saying. And that is most people tend to be like, oh, I want to be conservative with all of it. Well, if you follow our planning and you follow our logic here, you'll be able to take a risk with that other money. So uh, I'll just start off by saying, you know, the liquid bucket is money that you need available and it's money that you need safe. We're not going to take a risk, uh, which is what Melissa said a second ago, with the money in the liquid bucket. So let's, there's really two reasons why someone would keep their money liquid, available, safe. The first one is for an emergency fund. 
And so, you know, you know, when we talk about an emergency fund, you know, how much money should someone have in an emergency fund? I'm going to be interested in hearing your answer to that question. Well, it depends on if you're in retirement and following the Wise Wealth Plan or if you're in the accumulation phase, right? Because if I'm in the accumulation phase, I'm going to want six months of my living expenses in an emergency fund. Yep. But if I have a Wise Wealth Plan mm -hmm. and my income is guaranteed, mm -hmm. what emergency fund do I need to replace that right. income? Right. Perfect. Perfect answer. And I agree totally. Uh, during the accumulation phase, six months of your living expenses saved, that's the number. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people ask us in retirement, how much money should I have in the emergency fund? Well, six months. Well, at this point in time in retirement, you're not worried about losing your job. You're not worried about, mm -hmm. you know, paying right. the bills. Your income is secure. So therefore, it is a very subjective number. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my clients that there, there is no right or wrong answer to this question. Just know that whatever number you put in here can't get used for the other two. Mm -hmm. So you want to fully fund your emergency fund, but don't overfund it. We've got clients that, you know, they, they, they cannot bear to look at their, you know, checking account that does not have less than 100000 in it. So that's fine. If you want 100000 some of them want 20000 because they want the rest somewhere else. Yeah. But that's why it's important to understand, too, that the growth bucket, even though it's another conversation, that is liquid. And I think that helps our clients understand that just because I, I, I lower my emergency fund number here doesn't mean I still can't get to money somewhere else down the line. You can. Right. And what you mentioned earlier, Melissa, is the key, and that is five years. So mm -hmm. number one is how much money do you always want there just in case for an emergency? Mm -hmm. And you really got to think about in retirement, what can an emergency be? Say uh tree falls on your car and you don't have insurance you only have liability that's right so. or you have deductible so you're really there's not a lot of major emergencies right. and the problem with right. the emergency fund is that typically we're talking about a bank product mm -hmm. uh, which in the whole idea is not to earn money on it it just needs to be there um, and so it, it, you know it's not going to be earning that much which is why we say figure out the number mm -hmm. uh, fully fund it don't overfund it because right. technically uh, you're losing money due to inflation, but that's not the point. You just want to make sure it's there. So make sure you have enough money in your emergency fund to cover any of your deductibles. Right. You always want to have money that's there. So you don't have to ask anybody for it. You don't have to make a trade for it. You don't have to wait three days for it. It's always there. And it's available. Exactly. What number helps you to sleep at night? That's, it. that's the key. So that's number one. That's the money. When we're talking about liquidity planning. First, we're talking about an emergency fund. Um, and then the second, we're talking about money that you have plans to use within the next five years. And I like to use the terminology, it is a known or a planned purchase or expense. All those words matter. It's known or planned within the next five years. I'm not talking about one of these days, we're going to go here or there. I know we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's within five years. And so an example of planned purchases or expenses, what comes to mind? Vehicles. And yes. I say that because I often have to remind people, um, when you're talking about this five-year bucket, they'll tell me, well, we, we don't really have anything planned in the mm -hmm. next five years. So I ask them, how old is your car? How many right. miles are on it, right? <laughs> yep. Because I, I've even had to remind my mm -hmm. husband of that. You know, yeah. That's a planned purchase for us within that's the next right. five years. So. That's right. That's a big one. Yeah. So when I talk to most people, mm -hmm. it, it comes down to vehicles if they remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big trips, yes, like the trip of a lifetime mm -hmm. because we're heading into retirement. Right. And this is what we've mm -hmm. always wanted to do, yep. or some sort of 
house repair yep. or remodel. That's yes. right. I really think yes. it comes down to those three. Yes. Normally it involves vehicles, house repairs, remodels, and trips. Yep. And so it's important to think about that. And the reason why we want to put that, we use that in liquidity planning in the liquid bucket is because we want to keep that money safe. We want to keep it free from market risk. We also want it to be available. So when we talk about a simplified retirement plan that leads the peace of mind, we're talking about a simplified retirement plan that leads the confidence. We want our clients to know that that plan's purchase or expense is going to happen. And the way we make sure that happens is we get it out of the market. We get it out of things that are, you know, we put it in something that's going to be safe, liquid, available so that they know it is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just leads to peace of mind. So we're talking about five years or less. But, you know, five years sometimes is a long time for someone to just, let's say, keep their money safe and not earn anything. So when we say liquidity planning, when we talk about the liquid bucket, we're not saying automatically that means you're losing money. Automatically that means it's just not going to earn any money. No, we want to earn money. Right. And so when we look at the liquid bucket five years or less, no risk or low market risk and safe and available. I also look in that bucket and now we, you know, we can go further down and say, okay, some of this is one year or less. Certainly the emergency fund is one year or less. Mm -hmm. It always has to be there. So that's the one you're going to take the least amount of risk with. You're basically going to use, you know, savings accounts, checking accounts and so forth. Um, Somebody may have a plan purchase or expense within one year. Mm -hmm. Then we're just talking about really the bank. We're not talking about earning anything. There's more of an opportunity to lose than anything else. So you just want to make sure that's there. Mm -hmm. Then I look at it and say, well, well, if this this, uh, goal is one to three years, maybe there's things we can look at besides just the checking account. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it's three to five years, maybe there's other things that we can look out besides just the checking or savings account. So let's talk about that just for a little bit because uh, certainly within five years, but five years or less needs to be in here and it needs to be what we would call a cash type of account mm-hmm. or a cash alternative. That's right. In cash alternatives it means CDs, money market accounts, money fund accounts. Mm-hmm. It could be fixed annuities that have terms of five years or less. Mm-hmm. It could be special savings accounts. So let's just start first with CDs and money funds. And maybe even for our own clients that are listening to the podcast, they're not aware that we have these available even for us, but so there's our clients and there's a whole world in general uh, through Charles Schwab, which is our custodian that we use here. So, um, Melissa, you're you're the expert on this. Yeah. You're you're looking at CD I, rates and money fund rates every day. Is this? I, I, I talk about the the nickname I have for her. Oh, okay, it's good. The, it's the CD guru. The CD <laughs> guru. Okay. That's, that's, that's you guys, you, you guys waited, talk. you yeah. waited on this podcast just yeah. to hear that. <laughs> I, Stay I, tuned. I Don't go anywhere yet. <laughs> talk to Melissa. She's the CD guru. I know how to spell CD, but that's yeah. about it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that my banking career 23 years that's ago right. would come in handy these days? You didn't know. Started right? in banking right. and then, then financial yeah. planning. So, the CDs, money funds, yeah, I guess the difference between those two, when would you look and recommend a money fund for someone versus a CD? 
A money fund is really when we want absolute liquidity, you might need the money in two to three days. Right? Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we have it available. The worst case scenario using our money fund is let's let's just say it's the Friday before Labor Day weekend because mm-hmm. that's the longest thing that I, could ever happen to use right. a three-day weekend. <laughs> yeah. And you call me on Friday and you say, Melissa, I need some money. And I'm going to liquidate it, and I can have it to you by Tuesday following the holiday. So that is the longest time period you would be. So it's uh, pretty uh, accessible. Yeah, yeah you it, wouldn't have the, the funds sitting in your bank account. Next okay. business so day. Is what next business day. Okay. Absolutely. So gotcha. um, it's, it's best, it, well, first of all, when you look at your bank rate of return, a mm-hmm. lot of people have a money market account. Um, but we're looking at rates that are typically about 0.5, if not better than what you're going to get at the bank. So mm-hmm. a lot of banks are, some of our local banks, honestly, they, they don't even come close to right. touching Schwab. But, <clears throat> right. Um, so right now our money fund rate's about 5.22. 5.22, and this is just on cash. Rate. On cash. Yes, and this is another reason why we tell people, you know, make sure your emergency fund that you really need to get the same day, leave that in the bank. But if you can even wait one day to get it, these money funds at Schwab, right, currently based on the day we're recording this, you know, obviously it'll come out a little while later, but today uh, they're over 5% just on a money fund. Yes, and just like your bank money market, that rate's going to fluctuate. It fluctuates. Interest rates will do. And Stephen, you don't know this, but Mm. I have all the girls in the office opening money funds and using it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, there's really no reason to leave too much money to make. There's a reason not to, especially when you can connect, let's say, a Schwab personal brokerage account to your checking account. You give money from the checking account to the brokerage and vice versa. And like Paul said, basically 24 hours. That's right. So unless you have some need where you have to be, you know, sooner. And there's no penalties to get in or out. No penalties, no fees. No and fees. You know, the, the thing that makes it so accessible, we make sure anytime you're opening a money fund, we're going to link your bank account to that that yeah. fund. So. Is it just the girls in the office or can Paul and I, is, is it just, is can Paul and I get in and this deal too. I'm, just, I'm just wondering. Yeah, there's other. There's, is this you guys? Are well, you guys getting it at 5.2? And we're getting. You all in know at, how uh, busy we are. So even though yeah. we're small and in the same space, we hardly ever get a chance to communicate. So I'm telling you now. Yeah, thank you. Yes, <laughs> you I guys might want to take that. advantage yes. of this too. Yes. <laughs> I got you. So then some. Some of our clients will go the money fund route, more liquid than let's say the CD. But the CDs yes. are uh, the advantage of the CDs. Then you're locking in that rate. Where the money That's fund. Right. Is great, you know. I mean, but like you said, it can fluctuate daily, you know, monthly, everything else. You don't know what you're going to get six months from now. Right. Whereas the CDs have the advantage of a known rate for a fixed period of time. Right. So that's the, that's the advantage of the CD. We have no idea where our interest rates are going. Mm-hmm. So should they go down with a CD, you've locked in that rate for a longer term, and yep. you don't have to worry about a drop in that interest rate. So you'll get CD more rates are how long term? So let's say, what's the shortest term someone can buy a CD? Three months. Three months. So you buy a three-month CD. you can do three months up to, you can go all the way up to three years, um, but there's typically a break-even point. So the break-even point is where CD rates start going down. Mm -hmm. So right now it's about 18 months. So rates increase up to 18 18 months, but if you start going out beyond that, then they start to decline. So if you're concerned about uh, interest rates, you don't want to do the money fund, you have at least three months. You can do three months. Three months to 18 months here is the sweet spot for CDs. Yes. Someone right now looking at, you know, again, you know, people that are listening, you just have to call us, you know, call Wise Wealth. 
obviously ask for Melissa yeah. if you want to know what the current CD rates on. She's staying on that, but right now they're still they're above five for yes. an eighteen month. Um, they're running between five point two and five point three. Everything from three months all the way up okay. to eighteen months. So literally, so. you can lock that in for eighteen months and right. know you're going to get that rate. You know, Paul, the, the advantage of that is obviously there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. One is as opposed to a money fund, you know you're going to get that all eighteen yep. months versus you know the 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 day to day of the money fund. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, you know, when I think of that in terms of you know, bonds, you know, you, there may be people listening mm-hmm. to the show today that buy, you know, missile bonds by, you know, you know, we these rates and these CDs are, are way better, mm-hmm. not subject to fluctuations of interest rates, market risk and those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. so, um, so again, would you put your emergency fund in an 18 month CD? I probably wouldn't. Certainly there's no, you can get out of them. You just lose out on the interest. Uh, you, well, our CDs actually trade. So okay, so the difference between a bank CD and using a brokerage CD is that when you buy a CD in Charles Schwab account, mm, you can get out of it at any point yep. in time you want to, but you're literally selling your CD in the open market. Right. So if interest rates go up and yes. I have a CD that I want to get out of before my yep. maturity date, I risk that I could sell it for less than what I put in. That's it. right. So. It's a brokered CD. So That's the right. advantage is there's liquidity, but this advantage is still subject to what the current interest rates are. That's right. So when you're looking at a CD, you certainly want the, the plan would not be to buy a CD and sell it three days later. No. Like we've had, <laughs> yeah, sometimes happens on the, por- the portion of the CD really is going to be more for a long, you want to, you want to hold it for that term. Ideally. Right. As long as you hold it until maturity, you're going to get your principal and the guaranteed interest rate back. And yeah. they are all FDIC. So there you go, Paul. So the one thing is some people think automatically, well, liquidity means a checking account, savings account. It's not going to earn anything. We tend to think of that for, you know, the emergency fund, certainly. Um, You want no questions asked. It's there. It's not earning anything. But anything longer than, let's say, you know, six months or even a year, Mm -hmm. you want to start looking at some of these cash alternatives. Two of them we've already talked about, the money fund and the CD. Then if we get beyond, let's say, two years, two, three, four, five years, now we're talking about maybe taking on less liquidity. Anytime anytime you give up, you know, we always talked about this in investing, mm-hmm. you, you give up something. If you're going to give up liquidity, you're probably going to get a better return. Mm-hmm. If you're more interested in liquidity, you're probably going to get less of a return. So mm-hmm. the longer, if you know the trip is in four years, mm-hmm. if you know the day you're buying the car is in three years, mm-hmm. There's no problem tying up a product that matches that term because more than likely you're going to get a better rate of return. So, you know, I want to talk to you, Paul, about, you know, fixed annuities. You know, a lot of times we deal with annuities from an income planning standpoint. And and certainly from our firm standpoint, we use annuities mostly in the income bucket because it's the only thing that can guarantee you an income stream you cannot outlive. Mm -hmm. But it's not the only reason why annuities have value. Exactly. And so... You know, there, there's many reasons why an annuity might fit into a plan, but mm-hmm. in the liquidity aspect of it, the liquidity planning phase of it, it would be, again, if you have a longer time frame. Right. Um, some of the advantages to that are the principal protection. Mm-hmm. It's the, obviously, the named beneficiary. Mm-hmm. If something were to happen in the intermediate, you know, mm-hmm. um, y- you can also lock in a good rate. I mean, right. so typically... Again, you give up something, you give up a little bit of liquidity, meaning I'm going to have a surrender penalty Mm -hmm. if I get out early. If I keep it to maturity, I don't have that penalty, but I'm going to get a better rate for a longer period of time. 
So to me, it, it's a known, if you have a known period, yep. and it's pretty set, that's where these come into play. And the difference between, you know, what Melissa was saying a second ago and what you just mentioned there is in the CD, you can get out of it. It's a brokered CD. You may get where well, your principal bank, you may not worry in a fixed annuity. We know if you get it out of it early, you will get a penalty. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, for sure that's the date, but you're also probably going to get a better return than even the CDs mm-hmm. and yep. certainly can go longer than 18 months. Absolutely. That's the yeah. So and that's where the break even point yep. doesn't happen then you, that's right. you, because you can lock in a rate for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. But even though, you know, with the C, with the annuities, they mm-hmm. do have some liquidity That's generally right. that mm-hmm. a CD doesn't. With the CD, true. it's kind of an all or nothing deal almost. It seems like, right. you know, where you're going to sell the annu- the CD, whatever it is, the mm-hmm. open market, and you get whatever it is. Here in annuities, generally, you can take out a at least a percentage mm-hmm. or maybe the interest you've earned. There's different ways That's that right. depending on the product where you can get at it. And I know a lot of times people's biggest concern with locking something up mm-hmm. is what if, what if, right? Mm-hmm. And generally yeah. the what if is a health-related issue. Right. So a lot of annuities have waivers of the surrender mm-hmm. charges for catastrophic events. Yep. And so it doesn't mean that you're completely locked up. But again, it comes back to the, the when mm-hmm. and the why. Yeah. Right? And so no. that's why... The plan determines the products. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why over time, sometimes we, we are, we're a conservative you know, firm by nature. And so in other words, we're going to take a risk with our clients' assets that they can afford to have a risk with. Five years seems like a long time to be safe with it, but we're not talking about just letting it earn nothing. There's mm-hmm. things that you can do to make sure it's there for peace of mind, but also continue to really earn. And it's not just, we don't have, there's not just one tool in the toolbox. It's not just leave your money in the bank. Mm -hmm. No, let's find out within the five years, is it closer to four or five or is it closer to six months or less? Um, Very important to know. So cash and cash alternatives. But when we're looking at the liquid bucket in particular, the first of the three buckets, the first part of planning when it comes to the full plan, if you think about freedom planning, mm-hmm. the freedom to give, serve, and enjoy life, we know that whatever is in, that's why liquidity planning starts first. We want to make sure, hey, I know I have enough money in the emergency fund. I know the car is already set and secure. I've got a, I've got a fixed rate. It's, it's a principal guaranteed. It doesn't matter what happens in the stock market between now and then. That's going to happen. This trip is going to happen. You talk about freedom. You talk about peace of mind, you talk about confidence. That's why we start here. Then we move on from there. There is one other type of account that we can help our clients with. It's called a federally insured cash account. It's called FICA. And basically what that is, is, you know, I call it, it's kind of like a a fund of CDs. Hmm. Yes. It's a program where, you know, I I think the FDIC insurance on this goes up to like $25 million. It is a massive amount of money. So in other words, if someone has a lot of money, obviously at the bank, it's 250000 you know, per person per deposit. So if someone has a lot more assets than that in the bank, you can go to and you still like FDIC insurance. Mm-hmm. This is where you can go to a FICA account. And right now the FICA accounts are paying 5%. Mm-hmm. It's a little less liquid, I would say, than the money fund, mm-hmm. but it's still liquid. Right. You still tie it to your checking account. The money goes back and forth, but I don't know. Maybe it takes yeah. another day longer. Maybe it takes 48 hours to get to it. Let it 
the way a FICA account works yeah. is you can literally open it online mm-hmm. yourself, yep. and we direct you with that. And then you can go in and request your money movement yourself. Right. So it does take maybe about a day longer than what it does to get it from, from Schwab. Yep. Um, but it's invested in hundreds of different banks. Yes. So you can literally have, you know, 500 yeah. banks that you own right. a piece of. Yeah, all these of community banks around the country. country. Right. So their right. story basically is using all these community banks. So obviously when you give money to a bank and buy a CD, you're giving money to that bank. Right. And that bank is taking the money and lending it out to those communities. Mm-hmm. So some people like the connection with a FICA account because they know they're putting their money in something and those banks are using it to promote you know, these communities that may not be as prosperous as others, th- those sorts of things. So uh, if someone wants FDIC insurance, that's where the FICA account comes in. And um, you're buying you're buying one fund, let's call it. But it, in that fund, they're buying a bunch of different right. CDs right. for you. And like you said, the, the one advantage to that potentially might be is you're kind of more in control of that. Like you said, we right. can help you set that account up, but you're the one making those decisions to get out or move in. Where you, yes. Whereas the money funds, the Schwab CDs, the fixed annuities, you need us to help you do those Absolutely. things. Those yep. are literally going to be a phone yep. call to talk to us Absolutely. about it and anytime you want to make any movement yep. with those. And one other thing about the FICA account, Stephen, mm-hmm. is they did change their minimums. And yep. So it's $100,000 to open a FICA account. Okay, that's good to so, know. But yep. there are options. But again, we go back to, because people hear rates. Right. And I know people's tendency, they get excited yes. about rates. Sure. But it all comes down to the planning. Yes. The plan determines right. the products, not the when, other way around. Right. And how do you have a plan? You There's questions that have to be answered. When do you need this? What is this for? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we always tell people, too, you know, uh, that's why you don't go to a robot. You don't use an online advisor. Oh, yeah. AI can't do this. You know, they have a brain, but they don't have a heart. Mm-hmm. And so we want people to talk to someone like Melissa. What is this money for? When do you need it? Let us now go out and find out what is the best available product at that time. Because mm-hmm. they're certainly constantly changing. And there's lots of cash alternatives that come up Mm -hmm. from time to time. Mm -hmm. And we are, we're aware of these. And so certainly we're going to try to match someone's goals with the right product. Mm -hmm. The plan determines the product, but first, ultimately what goes in the liquid bucket, going back to the rules, number Mm -hmm. one, the money you need for an emergency fund. Number two, any known or planned purchases or expenses within the next five years, if it's known or planned in the next five years, we'll try to find out when that is, match the product to that time frame. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you said earlier, too, which is we want it to be fully funded, but not overfunded. Right. Why? Yes. Because we know these rates sound good. 5% right. is a great rate. Oh, yeah. But is it always that way? No. Just no. even a couple right. of years ago. I mean, what, right. what, yeah. what could we get in CDs? It's been tough, right? Right. And so... We need something that is going to, over time, mm-hmm. continue to earn and beat <clears throat> inflation. Right. That's right. And the, these, these liquid products are not always going to. That's, That's right. right. So we don't want it to be overfunded just Absolutely. because we have good rates. And going back to this, this concept of overfunding, the main reason we don't want to overfund it, too, is because we, whatever we don't put in the liquid bucket now is available for the income bucket. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to determine when we get to the income bucket, and we're talking about that in coming up here soon in one of the income planning uh, episode of this season, 
we're going to talk about using the least amount of your assets to produce the income that you need. Because mm-hmm. whatever doesn't go in the liquid bucket goes to the income bucket. Whatever we don't use here goes to the growth bucket. Growth bucket, therefore, I'm going to jump ahead, is for yes. money we don't need for five years or longer. Yeah. But it is liquid. The purpose of the growth bucket is to refill these other two over time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we end up using the emergency fund, where do we get the money to refill it? If we end up buying the car, where do we get the money to refill that? That's what the growth bucket is for. It is liquid. It's available so that I can take money. Now this money is no longer five years or longer money. It's five years or less money. Mm-hmm. Each and every time yes. we meet with our clients, it's pretty much the same question. We're doing a review. Mm-hmm. Here's the question. Yeah. Do you have any known or planned purchase or expenses in the next three to five years? Yeah. Yep. We have to know because then that's what determines what we're going to do with the money in the growth bucket. We may have to transition some of that. That's the reason we would change the allocations in the growth bucket, mm-hmm. not because of some short-term, five years or less, phenomenon in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why the growth bucket's five years or longer. We protect ourselves from being reactionary in the market. We protect yes. ourselves from emotional investing because we know the only money at risk is money we don't need for five years or longer. Mm-hmm. Anything in five years or less was already in the liquid bucket. You're sleeping at night. We're all sleeping at night, too. Yep, absolutely. And the other thing I think is really important, and Paul mentioned this, um, is we have to remind people why don't we use the liquid um, products mm-hmm. in the growth bucket? Well, right. because they have a job mm-hmm. and their job is for liquidity, yeah. not to outpace inflation because they're not going to. That's right. Term. And we have to allow the growth bucket. That's right. To do its job to beat inflation. Absolutely. So we can't use these products there. We just talked about earlier in the show, you give up something to get something. Right. So in other words, if I know I have five years in the market, going back to what you said at the beginning of the show is we can take on more risk than we normally would. So now all of a sudden the growth bucket, our goal is not a 5% rate of return. It's eight. Right. It's something higher. Now, why can we, why can that be the goal? Why can that be the objective? It's because we know we're not going to touch that for five years or longer. I'm going to invest differently. I'm not looking for liquid assets in the growth mm-hmm. bucket per se. Right. And when I say liquid assets in that context, safe, guaranteed, protected, right. you know, those kinds of things, because I can take on the risk mm-hmm. and, you know, jumping ahead there. The, mm-hmm. the goal of the growth bucket is to use the least amount of risk for the rate of return we're trying to get. Yeah. And so it all works together. Yeah. We say this to everybody. You know, someone, we talked about this last time, Paul, in the last episode. Uh, some people want to go directly to impact planning. I want I want a tax plan. I want a legacy plan. Where we say first, do the this. Mm-hmm. Start with the income plan first, which starts with the liquid bucket. It all works together. Yes. Um, I mean, that's why this is so important to have this discussion. So then once someone understands the liquidity play and how it works, the liquid bucket, it's something we're always going to be able to go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is the, this is that field level view. We talked about it last time where it's like this, is, this episode mm-hmm. is sounds exciting, but it is still just a piece One of, of everything. Seven. And so going back, if you didn't watch it or listen to it before, go back to episode two to mm-hmm. get the overview of how it all works together mm-hmm. because it is just a part of the yep. overall plan. 
Yeah. I think of it like a puzzle. So you know how when you work a puzzle, mm-hmm. I have a system. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get all the pieces out. I'm going to find my edge pieces, put the yeah. edge together. Then I'm going to match up the colors and yeah. work each color at a time. And if you don't follow our process in the order, mm-hmm. it's like dumping all the pieces out and trying to put the puzzle together without having any process to it at all. Absolutely. There's a lot of pieces um, but it's got to go in the right order. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. And that's where it leads to ultimately where we're trying to go. And that's why we said last time, this is not a, you don't come in and, you know, hey, one visit, we're going to get it all. We're going to put all right. seven areas together. No, this is a relationship. This is a process. It takes time. But we're here for the long haul yeah. uh, to help people get to that goal where they're ultimately free to give, serve, and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Melissa, we love having you on the team. Thank Actually, you. we loved having you on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Thank you for being thank with you. us today. Appreciate it. Right. So, and, and again, this is this is part of the plan. So, if you don't have a simplify your retirement plan, how do you get one? Yeah, the best place to go to is to our website wisewealth.com. You go to wisewealth.com and on that page, you'll let there will be a contact us section there, reach out to us, contact us. The first thing we typically do is start with a 15-minute phone call, gather some information, let you know what the process is, then we go from there. Um, you know, but certainly we have classes. We have a book, mm-hmm. Simplify Retirement. You certainly can yep. request that by going to the website or calling us at 816-246-WISE, 816-246-9473. You can request the book. We actually have live courses that we teach. If you're in the area, in the Kansas City area, you go to wisewealth.com slash events, and you can see any of the live courses that we're teaching as well. Absolutely. And so this is just part of our ongoing education. This is part of how we educate our clients and people who may have never interacted with us before. Mm-hmm. So certainly we have this available on YouTube with the video and we have it on your favorite podcast channel. So like, subscribe. When you subscribe, you'll know when the next content comes out. Mm-hmm. But also it becomes easier to share this with family and friends. So yeah. you're sitting there having coffee, you're talking with someone, they talk about a trip they're going to be taking in three years. You should be thinking, wow, that's a known or planned mm-hmm. purchase in the next right. five years. Mm-hmm. Maybe you share this with them mm-hmm. and have them be able to get in touch with us for liquidity planning Absolutely. as part of the overall Simplify Retirement Plan. So mm-hmm. again, thank you, Stephen, for uh, for leading us for this, Absolutely. for the podcast, for all that you do to educate our clients. Uh, thank you, the CDU guru, Melissa. <laughs> That's and, getting added uh, <laughs> to my title. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. Yeah. Putting out a room on your business card. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us today. And again, uh, the last thank you goes to you, our listening and viewing audience. It wouldn't be here without you. This is the reason we do it. And you're the reason that we're here. And you're the reason that this podcast exists. And so thank you for listening, like, share, and subscribe. And again, thank you for all that you all do day in and day out to help people have the freedom to give, serve, and enjoy life. This is Paul Brock for all of us here at Wise Wealth, reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time. 